The Out of Time Podcast is brought to you by brothers whose relationship was forged together by watches. Each episode will be a conversation with people we find fascinating from all walks of life. Welcome to the episode. All right, well, good morning. Thank you for uh, sitting with us. Good morning. <laughs> like to introduce yourself to everyone? Um, I'm Natalie Weldon um, of Hovick Supply House. That's great. I found you guys uh, looking for straps and then we formed this great friendship and you know it's a pleasure to have you absolutely it's a great story actually it's a good story and josh knows the story <laughs> behind how i met you well i became a you just walked into the store i don't know anything else right <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 exactly but the funniest thing is like i was giving him crap about stuff and you want to tell the listeners about the story um, yeah well when you know you and I communicate a lot uh, because I'm always coming over here for random things. Sure. Well, how did you end up here, though? First of all, there was uh, it was a lot. It's Hill Street, right? Across the street, I'd gotten a couple things done on my uh, my watches, uh-huh. and I was looking for straps, and they had a small selection, mm-hmm. and so they said, you know, why don't you go across the street? So that's how I wound up here, and at that time, uh, I would see you. Your dad was here, mm-hmm. and I would also um, most times deal with um, manual. Mm-hmm. And um, but Matt, Natalie was here, already, yeah. right? Yeah, but she didn't deal with with me very much. Uh-huh. She was always pretty busy. Yeah, and uh, who's that guy you now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the she shop was set up a little bit differently too, because it, it was kind of in two locations but across it wasn't the hall. Here? Was it here? It was in this building, but it was around the corner. So it was, there was a small place, uh-huh. like right next to the bathrooms, <laughs> um, that had all the straps, and then the main part of the shop was across the hall, so it was it's really, it was, uh-huh. so it was really kind of difficult to kind of go, you know, and it was always, you had to pull somebody to go, can you show somebody a strap over there while I take care of, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so it was a lot more juggling. And I wasn't looking for parts or anything like that, it was mainly straps, But you which see was him across. around, come by. I did see him, yeah. And you're like, oh, just another guy who needs a CR-2032 or something. <laughs> 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 well, I didn't know. <laughs> yes, and no. I mean, we always had a um, a variety of people coming coming through. Okay. So you know, it was everybody from enthusiasts, you know, all the way to. Well, so you do get enthusiasts. We do. Okay. We do. Uh-huh. Um, and then watchmakers, and then you know, people that deal with the parts department in a, you know, workshop and so on and so forth. So it was kind of across the board. Yeah, you definitely get, it feels like a hub whenever you come in here. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know, buzzing with uh, people coming in and asking for this or that. And yeah, I was just here for straps. (laughs) So I I don't think that's very high on the the totem. No, and that's how. (laughs) It's it's just that there were a lot of, you know, when you first start here, it's, we don't, that's the gateway to the... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't throw anybody into the deep end of, let's find some Lakultra parts for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind, of, kind of, and let's figure out what this, you know, this movement that's not marked, let's figure out what the heck it is, kind of, you know, straps or, you know, batteries and straps are kind of the first, yeah, so the I, first introduction, so that's why. I think manual was, uh, was assigned to me. <laughs> when I came in, I, I think have, he just liked hanging out with you. It's really what it was. I'll, I, I'll, I'll get him. Who doesn't <laughs> want to hang out with this guy, though? It's true. <laughs> so I didn't have very much dealings with 
her, and then when he left, him and uh -huh. I were still communicating. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, things have changed. I go, I don't get the same fun vibe when I when I walk in. I, and uh, that was through text message. And uh -huh. then he came here to pick up parts. And he started, like, razzing me in front of Natalie. Oh, he got roasted in front of her. <laughs> yeah. wow. Hey, he said you don't treat him like I did. And, then <laughs> and, and it, it's... Ever uh, since, it's uh, like the that, like, beginning broke, of the end. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I think I went up the totem pole that day. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was able to go up. I'm, I'm second tier now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No longer the battery and strap guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I, got, I was introduced at a new level, so yeah. I have to thank him for that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been... Well, I'm sorry if you ever felt that it wasn't. So, there, was a, there was a time when it was pretty stressful just because it was, you know, in the middle of a move and it was in the middle of really not knowing what was happening with the shop next. Um, I don't want so. you for it. I, it's a hilarious story <laughs> for me. It's uh, a great story for me as well. I like putting people on the spot. And <laughs> to be put on the spot like that, I was just shrinking <laughs> over at the counter, over at the counter while he's like telling this story that I had with him in private. And uh, so, then, something you've known Manuel for uh, this Manuel, the watchmaker. She's known him for a while. Um, D different Manny we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then we forged this great relationship because I still kept coming back and it felt like home whenever I came in here. And uh, That's the vibe from that I got to. And so when I, I try to give credit to like where I got a watch or where the strap came from or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was posting, you know, Hovick Supply House all, all the time. And we did the giveaway, right? which we thought was a great idea just to... Just because it was fun. Yeah, yeah, just for fun. And this guy was on my butt about me yeah. being like the shill. Like, <laughs> you're just doing this. Like, they must be paying you. Like, absolutely, 100%. And, yeah. and I own up to it for sure. And because I go, no, I just genuinely like yeah. <laughs> Natalie. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, we came up with this idea to do this giveaway, and it's just something fun. And it's just because mm -hmm. so I was just giving him roast and I'm like dude like, I mean how much are you giving you like, <laughs> like this and that whatever and, and and the funny thing is it was humbling for me because he took me here and I was like oh and then I got to meet you mm -hmm. and we chatted and I'm like it totally makes sense now and right after we left I was telling Josh like dude I feel like an asshole you know like as you should I was telling him like wow it's like it's not what I totally expected and I didn't even know this has been around forever right I mean how long have you guys been in business um, at, as uh, as a parts house, um, yeah. since eighty four, nineteen eighty four. Wow. Wasn't my what was it prior that. to that? Um, well, I mean, my father had been in the business for for many years before that, and that was when we all moved from San Francisco to L A. and so set up shop San here. San Francisco based first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I grew up there. Okay, was it still Hovix there? Did the name carry over? Or was that is that uh, no? That was pretty LA? much established here. I mean, when my father had come over um, from from Lebanon, um, I was born in Beirut mm -hmm. um, in 1969. So the the end of 1969 is when um, he came over on a watchmaker visa. Huh. And so yeah, and then he started. Um, he it's funny because he had a he had a job offer or an interview or something that was going on in New York where it was kind of a set deal. But he landed in San Francisco and his friends were like, bring bring some stuff so it's not like, you know, a day. He's like, nah, I'm only going to be here for like a weekend. 
Yeah. 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 Southern so, California has that effect on a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> so so we ended up staying in, in San Francisco, um, or you know, he called us over from from Lebanon. Once Did he know if he brought some pieces from Lebanon to down to here in the U.S.? Um, he didn't bring much. I mean, he had a whole fifty bucks in his pocket when oh, he landed, um, and so he got a job working as a bench watchmaker. Uh-huh. Um, didn't speak a whole lot of English, um, and then. Um, I remember we were we were in Oakland for a little while, and then from there went into the main part of the city. Um, but throughout that time, my dad, you know, was an entrepreneur, and he tried a lot of things. Um, and so he was part of, you know, a, a club slash bar slash eatery, <laughs> like in a back alley somewhere, yeah. um, for a bit, and then That's amazing. yeah, and then had um, a small shop, and then at one point had a, like a jewelry store and then also a watch thing but it was always something that was involved with watches watch always always so but the parts house itself didn't start until um until we moved here which in la which which was 84, 84. D- during the olympics <laughs> 1984 can you imagine no kidding yeah <laughs> wow that was pretty interesting that, yeah that'd be a sight. <laughs> um, so born in 69 so that's your uh-huh. affinity for the uh omega and the, the moon landing and, <laughs> well and all that it all ties into it, it right? yeah yeah that's very cool so the dad was like we're just moving to la we're starting a parts house yeah it didn't i mean it, it was a little bit different in uh-huh. in in san francisco yeah. even though you know he he was heavily into to watchmaking and and doing that he really he saw an opportunity for sure um for something else and so it was really it was started with you know a watchmaker's um sensibility and 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 so he Spacky he's a stuff. good shopper yeah yeah <laughs> it's the other thing that's great so um, tell our listeners hovix is your dad's name right Hovig is my is my dad's name yeah. hovix is your dad's name mm-hmm. And so when you moved here, that was that became the name of the shop. That became the name of the shop. And it's always been here in downtown LA. It has. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was in this up, building. In this building, um, again down the hall until I moved it here. Yeah, and the more people you talk to in the community, everyone has like some knowledge of this. Even mm-hmm. outside of LA, a lot of uh, things happen out of here. I had a buddy who was in Monrovia having mm-hmm. issues with the watch and. He overheard them say that, oh, we're going to send it to, to Hovig's. And he goes, wait, I know where that is. I'll just take it in myself. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, yeah. you just find out, you know, that um, six degrees of separation. Everyone is connected somehow, especially mm-hmm. in the small community. Yeah, it is a um, small community. We've made friends internationally. Oh, dude, yeah. And it's sure. cool when people come into town and they're going, hey, I'll be in L.A., let's let's hook up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even how spread out it is you know, geographically, it's still a very small community. It feels like everyone knows everybody. Why is that? I, I never fully understand when we meet up with people who are total strangers mm-hmm. and then you talk about, like, oh, I'm on Instagram or whatever, or, I like, I know this Instagram name, and then you start chatting, and, like, I remember that watch. Or, like, you would meet someone in the street, like, you kind of recognize them. I know that watch, right? I know that cuff. And yeah. Like, that cuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like you just connect, and all of a sudden you're like, you're friends. Like, right. And I've never experienced anything like that my whole life. 
I, I think it just goes across the board just with watches and watch people. Um, I, I can tell you stories about people phoning up the shop and saying, hey, wait a second. And then making a connection where there was this one gentleman who, um, who my father had taught how to fix watches in Lebanon. He was an American. No way. Um, yeah, and is set up in, in, um, in the South now. Um, but had been practicing watchmaking for many, many years. And then it was about 10 years ago, and I got a random phone call saying, hold on a minute, I'm putting two and two together. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Um, and just last week, actually, um, another phone call from somebody that it was just kind of a chance connection again that, my gosh, yes, I knew your father in Lebanon and um, is set up in, in Dallas. So I, I think it's a pretty unique community. Mm -hmm. um, the watches that you brought. You want to talk about the three? Sure. <laughs> you want to pick one to start? <laughs> How about the Cartier? That is that amazing. I haven't seen anything like that. So um, this this watch um, was made in I want to say 1929 is kind of yeah kind Great of starting for it. Yeah. Um, so the movement inside this one is uh, Jaeger Le Coultre 101. So it is the smallest movement ever made. Um, originally when it was made, and it's still made today. So it the is same movement. the same movement with modifications. Okay. So the first one, um, the number of parts that were part of it was 78. It's since made some modifications up to about 98 parts within, within the watch. Um, and um, they made them, Le Coulter made them for a number of different companies. This one happens to be, you know, Cartier, in, yeah. a, in a Cartier. Yeah. And it's, is it a, is it, it's a manual wine? Or? It's a manual wine. It's, it's what's called a back wine. Okay. So the crown the is, is on the back mm -hmm. um, so that the line of the watch yeah, is, is not disturbed. Doesn't take away from the design. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, it was during the time when watch companies, there was a lot more collaborations in terms of, you know, problem solving. And so um, this particular movement was developed from, from La Coultre's uh, dual plan. So the idea is um, in, in a normal movement where you have the watch, the mainspring of course takes up a huge yeah. amount of it. Yeah. And so part of the problem with ladies' watches, because the fashion at the time was to have these very small, dainty, yeah things that were almost <laughs> you, you couldn't yeah delicate. that's yeah. yeah that's probably like a three millimeter um uh 14 millimeters by 4.8 by 3.4 is what really, is really, the movement yeah, yeah so so it weighs about a gram it's, it's nothing less. it's it's nothing yeah. i mean the the, the platinum than that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely make a nice ring that's very true <laughs> that would be a, a wild adaptation it's, it's it's amazing actually i it so really is what kind of spring did they use on that tiny thing i mean well no it's it, it's got a mainspring and okay. so part of the problem with the watchmaking at the time was okay well how do we get it to to a point where the mainspring and the balance can both coexist. Right. And so the development of this, basically, instead of making it across the board, uh -huh. is to stack them. Layered. So it's layered. Yeah. Right. So it's like 
you know, a two-story. Yeah, right, right. It's a <laughs> two-story movement. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah in the okay. movement. So that solved that problem uh -huh. um, on how to get them as small I as mean, possible. I mean, it's so small, I just don't wrap my mind around how you're able to stuff it all in there. I mean, do you wear a protective goggles when you're going <laughs> to open it and things fly out of it? Or? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, it, obviously, the, only the most skilled watchmakers um, sure. are, are able to work on something this small. And it's still but serviceable, and you said the yeah. movement's still around. Still around. Um, from 1929 till now, I mean, it's not a very high production. I think it's something like 20, 25 a year. Right. So maybe 2,000 in existence altogether um interestingly queen of england has two oh, wow. <laughs> so really uh -huh. that's hashtag facts <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah in terms of um history and and ladies watches and ladies movements this is this is kind of you know this is like the daytona of is it well movement wise yeah um and and in, in that sense um but i think that Women's watches, certainly much different than, than men's watches, were much more, it was more of an integration with the design as well as the function. Obviously, this didn't, this movement didn't need to do a whole lot of things. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah. it's just a two hand mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. manual wound movement. But the development in, in getting it as tiny as possible is, is, Oh, spectacular it's, I wish I had a Lego brick and I can put it next to it <laughs> yeah it's just wildly fascinating yeah. to, to see so. the the technology and ingenuity mm -hmm. of that time yeah. and looking back I think that's something that draws me into the hobby it's, right. it's a uh, it's kind of romantic when you when you think mm -hmm. about you know, all the hard work and dedication and um, thought that goes into something like that and how long we've been doing it for right it's right. I think we've lost that a little bit now. Absolutely. Yeah. With um, companies, I mean, when my father started, um, and when I first got into it, mm -hmm. obviously, um, it, it watches were to keep time, yes. and that was and that was technology. Sure. And obviously now it's not, it's it's fashion, and so the fashion houses have have purchased a lot of these these companies and so there seems to be much more of a um, protective um, you know island sort of mentality oh, yeah. as opposed to as opposed to more collaborations and more more um, group thinking to get you know right. for problem solving so a lot less of a tool use and more as a, a fashion accessory now right and, and a status symbol yeah also status symbol. should live in the Isle of Man <laughs> well, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Um, before we but move yeah. on, real quick. So, that's a stainless steel case. This? Uh, yeah. No, this is a platinum. Platinum case, mm -hmm. and, it, and this is a nylon braid around it. Right. And the clasp is. Some it's gold, gold with. Oh, um, gold with a black. Um, enamel. Enamel. Which was not uncommon to have that combination mm -hmm. at that time. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous piece. Yeah. Okay, what do we have next? Um, so I brought a few others. <laughs> um, this this one is probably my favorite. Uh -huh. that's, that's what I think of when I. Yeah, when you think of what's on my wrist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the the Omega. So. Um, yeah, it's um, kind of a nod towards 
my birth year, obviously. Okay, so um, this is the Omega. Which one is this one? Well, it's a 321 mm -hmm. movement inside. Um, the reference on this one is... I have to check notes, actually. Cause okay. That's, yeah, that's perfectly that. fine. Yeah. Some um, people can remember references and calibers I and I years, cannot. and my brain doesn't function that way. No. 321's all I need to know. Anyway. Yeah, I... <laughs> So, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a 321. So 321 movement. Yeah. Um, the reference on it is a 2277-2. Okay. Um, which like was manufactured in 1957. Wow. So it was kind of the um, the first series of the 321 movements. Yeah. And this is considered real lugs, right? Yes. Okay. Stainless steel case. Stainless steel case. You have a leather strap on leather it. Leather strap on it. With mm -hmm. a... A more modern buckle. More modern. Yeah. Um, tell us a little something about this piece. Um, it was the the start of you know the three twenty one movements um, were were started um, as a collaboration between um, Lamagna and Omega yeah. to get them to get them going. Mm -hmm. um, I find the movement itself just a beautiful movement, and so. Like with most of my watches, I pretend to buy them to resell them, and then they become mine. <laughs> <laughs> we know a few. <laughs> yeah. So you run an orphanage too. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I, I couldn't resell this one. This one no, is, this, is part this of. This is when I think of Natalie. I think of eighty percent would be it. I mean, when I met you, mm -hmm. you were wearing this. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's it's a very beautiful watch, and for a three twenty one, the casing is really small. Well, I mean, and I love it. The three twenty one movement is really small, yeah, so there's you know, it it lends itself to a lot of different sizes right. um, of of cases. So it's it's this one I think is a little bit smaller is than it a than 36? even most of them. No, it's actually um, I think it's a thirty three. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it looks, it's yeah, it looks about thirty three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a three-piece body on the on the case. Mm -hmm. I had a thirty-three millimeter Lovato uh, triple day date moon phase, uh -huh. and it was thirty-three. And yeah. I, I wore that for for a while. Yeah. Until it moved out of my collection, and yeah, I thought it was gorgeous. A lot of people thought it was small. Yeah, small. Um, but I think some of my relationship to smaller watches is, again, looking at older photographs of mm -hmm. what gentlemen of you know, other times and eras look like and how they were able to still be masculine at the same time yeah. wearing a smaller diameter watch. Yeah. It was and actually, it was considered a good thing to have one that was smaller. Yeah, there's just this, yeah. uh, this elegance about it. And so I don't... And technology-wise, to pack that much stuff in a small... Yeah. Yeah, all across the and board. I doubt this was considered small back in the day. It wasn't. No, it, it was wasn't. a normal size. It was, that just, was a men's watch. It's just now that if you're not wearing a hubcap, then you're. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll all come around again. I think so. I mean, I, to I a mean, point. Yeah. Maybe not to, uh, but I mean that's that's the beauty of now is that you know you have a range of wrist sizes. You have a range of, of you know, you got there's options. much more. Yeah, much more variety. Yeah. To be able to choose. Um, so. How did this um, end up in your possession? If you don't mind me asking. Um, Again, it was um, it was a dealer that I purchased things from, uh -huh. and you saw it, and you're like, he hey. had it, and 
I persuaded him to sell it to me. And <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, like that. <laughs> so you really liked it then? You? I really liked it. Yeah. Summer's a, a master persuader. Am <laughs> 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 oh, I really? <laughs> yeah, what I like to call him. There's been several things he's added to his collection yeah. that people didn't well, want to is, sell. This, right. is one, this is one of them. This is in uh -huh. 356 UTC. Yeah. It, it was, I don't think the friend was going to let it go. Right. And it, it's a beautiful story too. It's without talking about it way too much, but it, we ended up finding another Zen 356 UTC, I think two, two years later. Mm -hmm. So it was a full circle mm -hmm. type of story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can, I understand when you see a certain piece, you're mm -hmm. like, I really like it. Like, yeah. and you just, and there's times when you put it on your wrist, you go, uh, yeah, it looks good on someone and you put it and you're like, it it's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of the community too, mm -hmm. is being able to try actually on. try on watches and uh, swap watches mm -hmm. and that gives you the real life experience like sure. how does this wear with my daily activities if mm -hmm. you dress up how does it go under my cuff if you right. uh, dress down you know how does it you know play with whatever you typically are wearing right right and um i love that about this type of community this mm -hmm. type of hobby as well and it's really unique i mean i've been into car car community and it's different with watches it's like yeah, I, s I go to car. Community. Yeah, well, who's I gonna hand you their their keys? The keys to their <laughs> car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, <laughs> yeah, but some watches are more than See cars, though. True. <laughs> Honestly, and I've seen them like, hey, here, give it a try. I'm like, dude, sure. you just handed me a Toyota Camry. You know? <laughs> seriously. Yeah. yeah, that's a good analogy. Uh, seriously. Uh -huh. Yeah, and and you go to car get-togethers. It's like, it's really different with watches. It's like you you there's this certain bond. I can't explain yeah. it, but it's like, it's almost like I've known you forever. Right. And it's not like that with, not so much with the cars, mm -hmm. like you, you know, you hang out, whatever, and you talk, and then you part ways, and sometimes, you know, text here and there, but like... I think watches are a little more personal like that, too. I mean, just because you're, you know, you're wearing them, they're part of, it's yeah. on your skin, yeah. it's got your DNA in there. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I got it does. That. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me hand you a fresh one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is probably with you for how many years now? Uh, this one? Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, maybe eight? Eight? Yeah. Wow. That's Another incredible piece. That's, so that's a good skip for eight years. Yeah, yeah. How about we move to the tutor? The tutor. <laughs> um... This is the second series of tutors. It's not the first. It's not the 7928. It is the 7016. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got the um, the atom movement inside. But um, what I, I find interesting is, you know, again, it's the little brother of, of Rolex. Yeah. So it's got a lot of the case parts that are, that are very similar. Um, and um, I, I just like the dial, basically. So... It used to be uh, a real sleeper to mm -hmm. it was. walk around with the tutor, but I think they've gotten a lot more popular yeah. Um, yeah. with like name and yeah. uh, logo recognition mm -hmm. amongst yeah. people. Uh, but that's that was the sleeper Rolex mm -hmm. back in the days. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so what's what's I find interesting about this one is case backs marked um, seven five two eight, which is a reference that actually never went into production. Rolex, so they were, or for Tudor, they they were known to to grab whatever was in the factory and kind of 
put things put, right. you know, and, and not waste them basically sure which was which is fantastic i mean i've got a couple of rolexes i've held on to whose case backs have been like remarked three times <laughs> what <laughs> i'm not kidding you so you've got like the third reference after two have been you know yeah, scratched out yeah just rearranged and said exactly Let's go with this one. <laughs> exactly and then wow. finally it's old <laughs> so i i find that particularly interesting so. yeah, the little details yeah um, yeah, so this is the original dial, I'm assuming. Original dial, original yeah. crown. So if you could like you see on it. Spa too. Oh yeah. So yeah, that is a what's called a no dot crown. So it's a 700 series mm -hmm. on the crown. It's amazing that I can remember all the part numbers, but I can never remember reference numbers. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> isn't is. it. <laughs> the so. um, no date. I, which I love. It just makes oh, it really clean. Are you a no date kind of guy? Mm -hmm. No, it depends on the watch. Oh, okay. I, I, on a on a on a on on a dive watch, on a dive watch, you like date or no date? Again, it just depends on on which the watch and is. how it was integrated into mm -hmm. the dial. Um, I think, and I really like dates that are the same color as the uh, mm -hmm. the as dial. dial. Yeah. About you, summer. So it doesn't pop um, too much. I'm the same way. It, it I don't I wish like they would use the the window like the mm -hmm. what do you call that um, the disc with the numbers on it? It's a date disc or a day yeah, disc. Yeah, I wish because usually they're white mm -hmm. on black dial. Not always, but for the most part that I know I've encountered, it's like white, mm -hmm. and I wish it's just black and then white number mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. my preference for it to match the, the dial the dial yeah um, and sometimes it's just not integrated that well and there's times for me yeah there's, there's times like I wish it was circle instead of square yeah there's so many different applications yeah. to the mm -hmm. date where it's placed it's and, really preference yeah the date window yeah. design and um, even the script and the color and yeah that um, via Lux that you gave me that thing is wild <laughs> the, the funkiest of funky and every day on it is red mm -hmm. which I think I seen you wear it recently, right? Yeah, I was wearing it yesterday. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that is the most fun. It has a cool case. Has the uh, the mm -hmm. fluted bezel. Has the cyclops. Has the red date. Yeah. Or date, excuse me. Um, it's just amazing, funky watch. And mm -hmm. Summer thinks of this Omega Chronograph. Mm -hmm. I just think. She's just the, the queen of funk. I mean, you have the, <laughs> That's the funny. wildest. That's funny. So this is select our collection of, of watches. Right. And I never know what I'm gonna see when I walk in, or or what you're going to post when you repost a watch. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of just wild stuff on there that you don't see. And there are a lot of really, really great designs, especially. I mean, the '70s kind of gets a bad rap for, for for watches because it was kind of the scramble with you know the the quartz movement coming on and so on and so forth but design wise I think that was the kind of starting point of of things kind of just going off the board wild crazy just yeah. just fantastic I throw it against design the wall wise. and see what sticks <laughs> just some some really 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 fun things that I th and a lot of sleepers a lot of things that just awesome. are not discovered yet and I think that's yeah. also the fun part of the hobby is that there's so much variety mm -hmm. um, in dial color, case size, um, case design, yeah. um, all the different bracelets and the different straps and the, the purlons and mm -hmm. um, there's just so many combinations hobby, that you yeah. can really personalize a watch to yourself, uh, whether you're matching it to um, 
the job you're performing or whether you're matching it to the outfit you're wearing or uh, you know activity you're performing I mean there's just so many sure. variations and it's it's awesome because you can definitely really personalize it and uh, yeah I love the funky stuff that you're posting <laughs> that stuff I'm just like wow so that's what you associate it going back full, full circle to our first question about her that's yeah. what you think about yeah someone who is that's definitely what got me into watches I think was a lot of the, the stuff that was just so unusual that I hadn't seen yeah avant-garde per se yeah I, I think the first watch i bought that i bought for myself was um um it was a jump hour so it was a, it was a manual wine digital a ma oh uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it, yeah so you had you know like a oh date window uh-huh or you know a window i'm sorry that what brand that showed the I don't. There's okay. a there was a there's a few brands that, we'll that do that. There there are a few brands that do the same uh -huh. or had done the same sure. during that time, uh -huh. um, and it looked like a gas tank on your wrist. <laughs> it really did. It was a great watch. It just it was one of those that ended up letting go, um, just because it it was it was too big for me to wear on a day to day basis. Yeah, there's but, some watches that you like aesthetically mm -hmm. but don't fit well on the yeah. wrist right and I larger diameter watches for me which don't really fit I, a certain example that you have in mind that you really wanted but didn't work out on your wrist um, several watches I purchased and wore for a while they just I just didn't mesh with them I love the look of them that's why they originally like were purchased or came into my possession but mm -hmm. yeah they just didn't feel well I think when I first started buying watches, I bought watches that were big, I bought watches that were small, mm -hmm. um, I bought gold cases, I bought stainless steel cases, I was just buying everything to figure out exactly what meshed um, the best with me. And uh, I found that I think 42 millimeter is the maximum. Threshold, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's on the mm -hmm. higher end. Mm -hmm. um, more of a 38, 39 is really comfortable, whereas my um, my Explorer is 40 and but something about that watch is just mm -hmm. crazy comfortable mm -hmm. um, and, but I think in between that 38 39 40 range is most ideal for me mm -hmm. um, but smaller watches don't bother me at all I, I love throwing on a, a 34 um, I had for many years my Rolex Oyster and that was 34 mm -hmm. and that was um, perfect especially dressing up and at that size it's not something that's glaring to people either that you're wearing yeah. a Rolex like it's something that you know right. um, and it's just not one of those things that some people wear watches as tails mm -hmm. to other people we're talking about the status right. uh, symbol that people associate with certain brands mm -hmm. um, and that's something that is really personal that you know it's just gonna fly under the radar for most people they'll never even notice it mm -hmm. yeah and that's probably me. I like sleepers. I really don't like attention calling mm -hmm. watches. So I end up with mostly military-ish looking pieces. Mm -hmm. That's probably the Speedmaster would be the most recognizable one I have. And when I started lusting for Speedmaster as a kid, it's like it wasn't really a big deal. Mm -hmm. Speedmaster was whatever. Sure. And it's just now that recently like, it almost seems like it's a big deal. Like, mm. Does that 
at all take away from your your love of the the watch um i still you know every time i wind it i still have like a start off with that romance again and just reminds me of you know the space race and all that stuff and it's just that's what i associate it with and it's always been my goal as a kid to like either be an astronaut or Mm -hmm. wear a speedmaster Mm -hmm. and I guess I was able to achieve the Speedmaster part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's become so popular nowadays. It's just like it's either like a Speedmaster or a Submariner. So Mm -hmm. it does take away a little bit. But I just not think about it. I just whatever. It's what Mm -hmm. I love. It's ever since day one. Mm -hmm. So I just try to brush it off. Right. And when we asked you to bring three watches Mm -hmm. and you were saying, well, I have this collection and there's so many different options that I could bring I don't know exactly what to bring Um, you brought three pieces that um, aren't as common as uh, some other pieces and again that's awesome Mm -hmm. because when I think of you I think of like just to the left a little bit (laughs) not going right down that lane where Mm -hmm. we don't want you know every episode to be oh Same. i brought my speedy yeah. oh right. I, <laughs> I brought my, my submariner Submar- right. yeah yeah um not to say it's a bad thing it's just yeah because we love those watches those are great awesome watches pieces. yeah but there's so much variety and out there you want to people mm-hmm. often Shed some light, yeah. just fall into this line where this is made cool by somebody mm-hmm. for because this person wore it or they did this in it and then mm-hmm. everyone just kind of gravitates to that one thing mm-hmm. and uh, i like the variety I, I love the variety. Colors of life. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what Swatch is striving on, you know, just Right. Well additions and and, and more fashion forward and, and, and artistic yeah. kind oh, of Oh yeah, they're doing a lot of pops. collaborations with, with yeah. different artists. And and had forth. from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, did any of you guys fall into that swatch thing back in the early eighties, nineties? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loved them. I, I mean, did I, I had a love-hate relationship with Swatch growing up because I, I love them and I like to switch my strap and uh-huh. you know he has that little oh, right. slats right and so you'd go like to a store and you're like damn it like you it's know, like I don't even know how to change it I've, I've never attempted it because you have so many little grooves mm-hmm. that I'm just like Huh. <laughs> it's, it's like too, too daunting of a task <laughs> if it's not just press the spring bar from yeah. one side yeah. and the other. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty close to that. I'll, we'll give you a little tutorial. Oh, so there is a life hack for the swatch strap. Is that what it is? Or you buy a special scissor with four? <laughs> but it, I've always enjoyed the swatch when you flip it in the back and it's like translucent and it has mm-hmm. that. Kate, uh, cover it. It looks like almost like a battery. Right. Yeah. And like you use like a coin or something. And I remember as a kid like uh-huh. using a quarter or something. It's like my mom's like, "What have you done?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like just swatch. Yeah, for sure. Swatch was like one of the one that enabled right. me to turn into this watch, this watch yeah. crazy person. Yeah. A ton of variety and at an affordable price. Right. Um, something for everyone. So. We asked you to just bring three watches because there's we wanted reason. to do something associated with yeah. just those three watches. Okay. So if there's one watch that you just have to experience, so you don't get to keep it, mm-hmm. it's something that you just were able to have for a short period of time. Um, which one of those would that be? Which one would you want to keep for your lifetime? And then which one would you move from your collection? So. 
Oh man! With just these, these three specific watches. <laughs> We just these three watches. Yeah, because we had to narrow them down to three already, right? Yes. So, um, so we want you to narrow it down to basically one. You're only able to right. keep the one. One you will had just had to bring into your life yeah. just to have and experience it just because, right? Right. And the other one, you're going to have to dis discard one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then well. tell us why. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> it was Summer's idea. <laughs> I said, definitely, let's not do this. <laughs> well, if, if I was going to keep one and only had one to keep, then clearly it would be See? the Omega. Um, that really is one for me that Absolutely. not only hits, you know, for the history of the brand and for the watch and for the integrity of the piece mm -hmm. and, and the beauty of the movement, but also a personal history for me. Um, my father also had collected um, Speedies um, through his life, so it's it's the one that I that I associate with, you know, all of the the goodness of 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 watches and the watch world. Yeah, see, that wasn't hard at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you owe me hundred bucks. <laughs> Told you it was going to be this. So you're, we're keeping this. We're setting aside. I'll Venmo you. That's the yeah, keeper. So um, one that I couldn't look at, touch at all, and I had to move on. Is that what you're saying? And then one that I get to keep for a little while and have to get back. Yeah, like oh. ten minutes, or maybe we'll have it for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you have it for for a day. Something that you just got the opportunity to experience. Yeah, um, I guess that would have to be this one. So the Cartier, the Cartier, Cartier the, the experience. Yeah. But, but you know, it's it's really about the Le Coultre and, again, about the movement. Not so much that it's a Cartier, although, you know, it's lovely that it is. Yeah, it is lovely <laughs> that it is. Um, but, but, yeah, just because I think everyone should be able to handle something that's this small and this kind of miraculous. I, I think that is a great choice for those reasons, yeah. Mm -hmm being able to experience something, um, it's like a marvel. Again, back to mm -hmm. technology, you think about like where we've progressed to now and all the tools that are um, available for people to craft things and mm -hmm. creating things and 3D printing things and so forth. Right. But then you think back to 1929, yeah. what they had at their, their right. disposal, and to be able to cre create something that small, that uh, delicate looking um, and incorporate that manual mm -hmm. uh, wine movement, and as well as the uh, the jewels and the beautiful case, and mm -hmm. uh, bring all that together. Right. That is definitely something to experience. To me, that this would be the ultimate sleeper. Like, you'd be walking anywhere, no one would even think twice. Right. Right. Um, they have a lot of versions of this one. Obviously, it lends um, itself very well to um, like you know bangle bracelets or ones that are you know because it integrates right into a chain. Um, the newer versions now are almost like a whole cuff, and it's just incorporated in one little square of it. Um, but yeah, um, it is one of my favorite movements, absolutely. So experiencing for the day, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be yeah. able to say, I was there, I had it, I experienced it. Yeah. Um, be one of the the two thousand people that. <laughs> yeah. The There's a small handful of people that will actually that get that experience. Yeah. So that is a very wise choice. And then, yeah. so we would get rid of the tutor. I'm which afraid so. falls under that same uh, umbrella as, as Rolex. Yeah. And we sat down with, with Chase Kaufman 
and he brought Horology four one one. Yeah, Horology four one one. He yeah. brought uh, Day Date with the Burlwood Dow. Mm-hmm. Um, Great he brought, one. Yeah, Blanc Par, um, which is um, the black chronograph. And white, that's the black and white Invicta, right? Yeah, it's it's hideous. I mean, <laughs> I, I, hate, I, hate, I hate the watch. Um, <laughs> and then he brought his, his signature uh, Omega Deville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also got rid of the Rolex, yeah. mm-hmm. which we didn't think uh, most people that are non-watch people would do. And so that says a lot about... So that's two Omegas so far in the scoreboard. That is two Omegas. Yeah. No. Wow. No, no, no. He was going to keep the bon pont. Okay. He had an experience. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is when you wish that there was a visual because that little lip tremor. <laughs> 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 right? Should be on the... <laughs> he did. He did. The the swap meet. Yes, because he said he needed a chronograph, Mm. but he had to experience the Deville because of the coaxial movement and Mm. that um, that impact that it had on on watchmaking. And and that's what I associate when I think I believe that's how you associate Chase with is the Deville. I associate him with the Deville. Same here. So I never expected that he was gonna. So he said he just needed to experience that, but mm-hmm. the uh, the day date he would definitely let go. Mm-hmm. And I again, I think that's very unique to to watch people. I think uh, so, yeah. Because a lot of people outside and of it's this not an easy choice, right? Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> especially well, narrowing down to three and then having yeah. then laying that on yeah. you. That's right. why I didn't want to tell you ahead of time <laughs> okay. because I wanted this uh, real <laughs> just uh, situation. If, yeah. it, if it really comes down internal, to just agony. Yeah, right. We saw it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, there's a fire out. Yeah. I can only grab one. Yeah. 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 So the Tudor has to go. The Tudor has to go. Mm. Watch it's choice. Yeah. Gorgeous watch. Yeah. Gorgeous watch. All, all three. Um, mm. So I think. But luckily we don't have to narrow it down. Yeah. These are, it's all <laughs> fictitious, right? This is a fictional uh, scenario. Right. You actually get to keep all three. There you go. <laughs> so we're coming down to a wrap and uh, we just have five rapid questions yeah right, so this these are questions that you can't think about it's just the first thing that comes into your head okay we want you to respond with that okay and so summer's going to take over uh, with the the questions mm-hmm. whenever and you're ready they're all simple one answer responses it has to be quick shoot chow mein or fried rice uh fried rice valju 7750 or limania 5100 5100 ballpoint or nib pen ballpoint Speedy Pro or Speedy Reduced? <laughs> pro. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> Reduced? Pro. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> was, was that not a legitimate did question? You, did, you, did you just hear her laugh like, what, what, what are you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, if you had a pet giraffe, what would be the name? Oh, I love giraffes. <laughs> All right, name it. Name <laughs> it. Um, Leggy. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I think we're out of time. I think we are definitely and officially out of time. That's fine. Leggy. <laughs>
as Natalie for her time. She can also be found on IG at Natalie Weldon. Additional content can be found on Instagram at the Out of Time Podcast. You can also email us at the Out of Time Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Ono for our beat.